Hey, how's it going? It's Suzanne Hogan here, producer of Midwesternish. You know, this podcast is only made possible because listeners like you help and support it. So if you want to be a part of it all, please go to kcur.org slash Midwesternish, kcur.org slash Midwesternish, and click on that donate button at the top of the page. Okay, thanks. So my neighborhood in Kansas City is an old city neighborhood with houses close together and lots of really big trees. And when I see squirrels on my block, I see furry maniacs. Seriously, the ones on my block are insane, and they kind of freak me out. But James Worley sees something else. He sees a culinary opportunity. Anything you use turkey thigh meat or chicken thigh meat in or beef in, you can do with squirrel. It's very, very universal, very flexible game meat. You can't hunt squirrels within city limits. But in the country, as you know, things are different. James Worley works for the Missouri Department of Conservation. He's an avid hunter and food lover, and a few years ago, he was watching CBS News when he got wind of a competition in Bentonville, Arkansas. Welcome to the uh, 2015 World Champion Squirrel Cook-Off. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I need to win this thing. He teamed up with a friend, and they got 19th place for their original squirrel paella, which put a Mediterranean spin on squirrel meat. But 19th place in the world wasn't good enough. We vowed to come back and win it, and this year we did. What did you make this year? We made a squirrel pickle. What? (laughs) Made some homemade dill pickles, and we cored them out with a drill bit so they're hollow. Uh, Some homemade pimento cheese, some squirrel meat that I cooked in uh, Budweiser beer and some water in a pressure cooker, deboned it. Uh, We piped that into the pickle, dipped the whole thing in tempura batter, deep fried it, served it on a bed of arugula on a hot dog bun, topped it with some crispy onions and some homemade Dijon mustard. Deep fryers and beer sound a little more compatible (laughs) with squirrel than paella to me. Uh, They both worked well. We just had some judges that didn't understand what paella was supposed to be. Paella is supposed to have crunchy rice, and some of the judges dinged us for having crunchy rice. So Mm. uh, we were a little frustrated with that. All right, but the pickle worked. Yeah, pickle worked very well. We also did an eight cheese uh, squirrel chorizo mac and cheese as a side dish. And as a bonus, we did a chocolate-covered squirrel beignet. I am not 100% sure that the typical American eater has warmed up to the idea of squirrel for dinner, for pickles, for dessert. They should. Uh, squirrel is uh, is a great, uh, great wild game meat. Everybody talks about locally sourced, uh, free range, organic, non-GMO, and squirrel is the ultimate epitome of that. Um, they are ultimately renewable, abundant, uh, have a low carbon footprint, I guess you would call it, and uh, very accessible. But you've got to hunt it yourself, right? I mean, you're not yes. going to go get squirrel at no. the store. There are no squirrel farms, um, but there are plenty of them <laughs> out there. Sorry, the image <laughs> in my head. Just... Uh, squirrel wrangling, you know, little, little cowboys <laughs> wrestling up their herds with squirrel. No. Sorry, uh, I've been out squ- herding squirrels. <laughs> exactly, on the range. And wherever there's a nut tree, there's a squirrel. And that's the thing. Here in the Midwest, squirrels are all over the place. We don't think of them as a big deal. Kind of like how my friend from Australia says kangaroos are no big deal. The squirrel is our kangaroo. We live and work and do everything we do with this furry little critter by our side, from the depths of our cities all the way out to the country. And yeah, Some people find them annoying, 
But for the most part, we've gotten along well enough to make it work. But it's not like that everywhere. There are places where this whole human-squirrel dynamic has gotten ugly. Two species native to our region, our own homegrown squirrels, have scampered off to try and make a living in hostile new territories. Squirrels. All we really are is squirrels. We're being hunted, we are squirrels. We are appealing, we are squirrels. We want to gather nuts. From a dot in the middle of the map, this is Midwesternish. I'm Gina Kaufman. On this episode, well, squirrels, but mostly getting to know the Midwestern species that live on our own front lawns and their struggle to make friends in new places. I saw a squirrel get blown away. My son jumps out of the car and he says, look, Dad, a squirrel. This is Steve Sullivan, and Steve loves squirrels. And to me, that really exemplifies one of the neat things about tree squirrels, that these are one of our most intense and regular interactions that we as humans have with bona fide wild animals. He lives in Chicago, and he makes the point that in cities, our main interaction with wildlife is with domesticated animals, like dogs and cats. We've even domesticated the animals we eat, like cows and pigs. So we really don't interact all that much with wild mammals, except squirrels. And that's a big part of why he started Project Squirrel 20 years ago. Project Squirrel is a citizen science program uh, designed for anybody anywhere in the country to report their sightings, to let us know what they see about squirrels in their neighborhood, and equally important, to let us know what they don't see about squirrels in their neighborhood. So Steve is a squirrel scientist, and he's gotten thousands of people to send in their observations of the squirrels in their neighborhoods, what they look like, what they're up to. Those people are known as squirrel monitors. The whole thing is kind of like a restaurant review site, you know, but uh, for squirrels. If you only get one person's story, uh, you don't actually know what's going on at that restaurant. But if you get 40 or 50 stories from the same zip code, in my case, then I really start to get a good picture of what's going on in that particular neighborhood. So... Why exactly did Steve start this squirrel Yelp type thingy? Well, we were looking for a way to both understand urban ecology, how our cities and our human behavior impact nature. And we also wanted to find a way to connect with the people that were living in this area because, you know, we humans, we're the most impactful species on the planet. And squirrels seemed like a good way to bring those things together. So the two most common tree squirrel species in the Midwest are the eastern gray squirrel and the eastern fox squirrel. And don't let the eastern thing distract you. They live in a lot of places, including the Midwest. The gray squirrel is gray, and the fox squirrel's more of an orangey-brown. The fox is bigger and has a bushier tail, and they've both lived here a lot longer than humans. They were here before we built apartments in our cities and started farming in the country. But it turns out that relationship to humans is something squirrels are really into nowadays. In fact, Steve and his squirrel monitors aren't the only ones making observations. Squirrels have been watching us too. The average animal 
thinks of humans as a death trap. Anything we do is dangerous. And, and quite frankly, for most animals, that's probably a good idea because uh, it helps minimize human-animal conflict. Uh, they're, they're perfectly willing to stay away from us even though they're living in our neighborhoods. On the other hand, uh, animals are smart and they can figure out that, in fact, we might actually be vending machines. And so if you have a handful of people in the neighborhood that maybe put peanuts out or, heaven forbid, try to feed the squirrels straight from their hands, uh, these squirrels are going to start seeing you as one of those interesting-looking two-legged vending machines and uh, start paying more attention to you. So eastern gray squirrels and fox squirrels both benefit from human behavior. The two species actually have a lot in common, and their native range overlaps here in the Midwest, but they do have their differences. They don't like to share, so they divvy up the territory. Cities tend to be more and more dominated by gray squirrels. Gray squirrels like cities because it's easy to get junk food. Hamburgers, cake, Twinkies, things like this, as opposed to uh, nuts, uh, acorns, and walnuts. And gray squirrels prefer dense woodlands with lots of big trees, but fox squirrels like their wooded areas mixed in with stretches of wide open land, making the fox squirrel more of a prairie squirrel. They're really illustrating that the ecology of our neighborhoods are very complex and, and, and very compelling. Do you think that like the urban or suburban lawn has its own ecology or that like from block to block you would see a specific way that, I mean, I know that squirrels don't heed where like, okay, well now I'm on 12th street and I'm really an 11th street squirrel. But I mean, do little segments of a city have their own little ecologies where squirrels play particular kinds of roles? They certainly do. Chicagoland is a good example of this because of the way that it built up. It's got uh, very different municipalities that are literally right across the street from one another. And on one side of the street, you may have large, old, black walnut trees and oak trees. And on the other side of the street, you may have a different town that it has largely sprung up in the recent decades in old cornfields. And so the trees are much smaller. And also, if you have different garbage collection laws, uh, some some communities use those big bins that dump everything into the truck automatically. Others still use cans. And animal control laws. If your community still allows cats to roam freely outdoors, you're going to have a significantly less biodiverse neighborhood than one that keeps all of their pets under control. And so we often see adjacent neighborhoods have just a, you know, a few blocks from that dividing street have very different ecologies as reflected by the squirrels. But also when you see that difference in the squirrels, you can then look deeper into other issues, other animals and, and plants and, and see significant differences between the two communities. So most squirrels die before their first birthday. But if they can make it past that first year, they tend to live to be six or eight years old. So the adult squirrels you see in your neighborhood are the same ones from year to year. And if you're living in a large Midwestern city, you're more likely to see one species over the other. It seems like, for a variety of reasons, that gray squirrels are just a little bit more aggressive. Even though the fox squirrel is bigger, that gray squirrel can, can pick on the fox squirrel and chase it out of your neighborhood. But whether you look out your window and see the orangey fox squirrel or an ashen gray one, your home squirrels have proven quite adaptable as they've moved into a completely new territory, the West Coast. 
which is a bigger deal for humans than you might think. Yeah, uh, gray squirrels and fox squirrels are agricultural pests throughout the not-growing regions of California. But it's not like these squirrels were out looking for mild winters, beaches, or a laid-back lifestyle. Squirrels were transported by people. But still, they're doing well out west, especially in California, where our own eastern fox squirrel is giving the native western gray species a run for its money, and our own gray squirrel, the eastern, is pretty competitive abroad. Yeah, the, the greys were pretty successful over here. <laughs> That's right. They're seeking world domination. The eastern grey squirrel has nearly taken over the UK. And the native red squirrel is virtually extinct, actually. It's, it's clinging on to the edges of um, Wales and Scotland. They're considered invasive throughout Europe, and scientist Helen McRoby has been trying to understand them better. If you were willing to get people to send any roadkill samples or, you know, get in touch with you, that would be fantastic to get some, some more tissue. If you are interested in taking her up on that, uh, just get in touch with us, I guess. But anyway, the sad truth is that our aggressive city-loving eastern grey squirrel is doing so well that it's a problem in the UK and in other parts of Europe where the native red squirrels are struggling. Because our gray squirrels, I mean, I guess they just have that Midwestern, no fuss, no muss thing going on. Well, they're larger. Um, they just seem to outcompete them in every way. They, they sort of get up earlier. They eat, they're not fussy about what they eat. And they'll, they breed earlier in the season. So in lots of ways, they're just a little bit, um, they've got the edge over the red squirrel. And the, squirrel, the red squirrels just don't seem to be able to, they can't coexist, unfortunately. Which has left... People in Europe, even squirrel lovers, with kind of a conundrum. There's a real conflict in Britain because some people do want to just accept that we can't get rid of the grey squirrel now. There are just too many of them to, to try and tackle. Helen says there have been efforts to create what they're calling control zones for Europe's red squirrels, safe places where they can survive. But it doesn't look like the greys will be leaving anytime soon, and some people are starting to warm up to them. They are very charming and, and some people absolutely love them and some people really hate them. So we're very conflicted over in, in Britain about the grey squirrel. I guess it just never occurred to me that our own local squirrel species were so controversial in other parts of the world. But people do have strong feelings about squirrels. They drive our cats nuts, you know. The squirrels are pretty aggressive. Last winter, the squirrels, which were grey squirrels, decided to strip all the bark off of the trees. Lately, we've been seeing the squirrels chewing on the bases of our pillars. There were two squirrels. There was a huge ruckus. They were appeared like it may, maybe it was a territorial dispute or something like that. One of the squirrels proceeded to pick up baby squirrels and drop them. We have a lot of squirrels, period. Sometimes the squirrels look like make themselves at home, so we'll, we'll squirt them. <laughs> Everybody has something to say about them, some crazy story. Whenever I go and, and give a public presentation on squirrels, I usually start off by saying, okay, who here loves squirrels? And as you would expect, the majority of the room raises their hands. But then I'll ask, well, who here hates squirrels? And there's always a handful of people in the audience that raise their hands. Love them or hate them, make them into a paella or a pickle, send roadkill to a scientist, or maybe just keep watching their crazy antics from your window. Squirrels are these weird, furry neighbors that we see all the time but still don't totally understand. 
If you look closely, maybe you'll find that the squirrel right outside your door is trying to tell you something about where you live, about your habitat. Midwesternish is a podcast from KCUR Studios. Our producer is Suzanne Hogan. Sylvia Maria Gross is our editor. I'm Gina Kaufman. And we love to talk about the Midwest, so chat us up. You can email us, midwesternish at kcur.org, or find us on Twitter. We are at Midwesternish. We're trying to put our finger on all those weird little Midwestern quirks that we all kind of know about, but don't always recognize as being special. If you have a uniquely Midwestern observation and a story that goes along with it, you should totally pitch it to us. Just leave a voicemail in less than one minute with your story and what's so Midwestern about it. Here's the number. Are you ready? 816-235-2797. That's 816-235-2797. Your story might find its way into a live event this spring in Kansas City, or it could be an episode in Season 3. And that's... Oh, that's it. See you next episode.